0: If men like Jim Packer and Don Carson are echoes of guys like the Puritan John Owen in Theological Depth and Richness, then perhaps Mark Driscoll is the more subdued, modern equivalent of a man named Richard Baxter. Few men have been able to successfully meld a robust knowledge of God's word with a genuine pastoral care for God's people. How many shepherds have gone astray by becoming entangled in fleeting theological controversies? And how many are so focused on becoming personable that they're rendered spiritually useless to their congregation? Baxter thrived where so many have failed. He lived in a tumultuous time in England's religious and political history. He came to Christ when he was a young man, and though he never received a university education, nor was he much attended by tutors, he made full use of the libraries at his disposal. The great mark of his life was a chronic struggle with the consumptive disorder that frequently brought him to his deathbed. Early he learned to number his days and saw that his life was but a vapor. He sought to redeem every moment and set his eyes fully on heaven, where he expected to be received at any moment. During his first bout, sure of his imminent passing, he wrote his most published work, The Saint's Everlasting Rest. This was the desiring God of its day, read widely for generations afterward. He came to Kitterminster when he was 23, a town of 3,000 where the Christians could be counted on two hands, of which the former pastor was not one. After 19 years, nearly a third of the town attended his church. He was a robust preacher who pleaded, he said, as a dying man to dying men. If we think our generation invented the small group, Baxter was doing them before they were even cool. After his sermon on Thursday, he'd invite people to his home to converse and answer questions. This is a thousand-page book that would be most aptly named Encyclopedia of Everything a Christian Needs to Know to Live a Godly Life on Earth, A Practical Theology. Its insight and the comprehensive breadth of its treatment shows that he didn't keep his congregation at preaching distance. He listened to them, their cares, their troubles, their temptations and triumphs, and he didn't belittle them. He related to them. Not least important, he had a wonderful marriage. By all accounts, he and Margaret loved each other deeply. Even when he was later imprisoned for not conforming to the Anglican Church, she voluntarily joined him behind bars. She recorded there that she never enjoyed more spiritual consolation than while in this situation, suffering with him for the cause of their Redeemer. She counted it as a privilege. We all may have seen pastors' wives who could never live up to their husbands' lofty expectations, But after Margaret's death, Baxter affectionately wrote a glowing 180-page memoir of her life as an example to the church of a godly woman. In his life, he wrote 139 books. All of them demonstrate deep devotion to scripture, but the writings of theologians, church fathers, and classical authors are readily at hand in his mind, appearing in the variety and aptness of genius. When John Wesley wrote Philip Doddridge, the influential English church leader, asking him what Books to recommend to his young preachers he listed several books by prominent authors ending with baxter is my particular favorite and it's impossible to tell you how much i am charmed with the devotion the good sense and pathos which are everywhere to be found in that writer i cannot indeed forbear looking upon him as one of the greatest orators that our nation ever produced both with regard to copiousness and energy and if he has described the temper of his own heart He appears to have been so far superior to the generality of those whom we must charitably hope to be good men that one would imagine God raised him up to disgrace and condemn his brethren by showing what a Christian is and how few in the world deserve the character. After 400 years, his writings are as relevant as the human condition. How unfortunate that they are no longer commonplace on evangelical shelves. We are worse off by their neglect. Baxter died after 76 years of life, ardently seeking unity and peace among the warring denominations hounded by political enemies, never pitying his poor health or circumstances. He set an example of holiness for his contemporary pastors in a time when drunkenness and laziness were the ministerial norm, and he received the reward that he so anxiously awaited during his life, after years of trials, entering heavenly bliss.